Hi guys, welcome to uh, the so far nameless podcast because we're still trying to figure out a name for this. Um, but I'm Sarah B. If you guys don't know me already, I um, do a whole bunch of different things. I don't have just a one. I'm a jack of all trades, I like to say. Um, and then this is Araceli. She's my guest today. And she is a kindergarten teacher now? Or is it yes, pre- Yeah. So we're going to talk about some stuff and things and um, just kind of jump in to everything that's going on. Adeseli, do you want to like introduce yourself, tell people about yourself a little bit? Sure. I'm Adeseli. I'm 25. I live in, we live in Texas, mm-hmm. El Paso, Texas, a different part of Texas. Yeah. And we just thought we'd create a podcast so we can like talk about things, whatever's going on in the world or just stuff that we want to talk about. And that's why we're here. Yeah. It'll be fun. So we always have really deep conversations. I know that sounds so like hit, <laughs> but like ever since we met, I think like our first actual encounter was like us having just deep ass random conversations in a hotel in Paris. And it was the greatest. I know that sounds so bougie, but it was really fun because <laughs> the hotel really wasn't that bougie. It was, it was decent, but it was one of those like, oh, you're studying abroad kind of hotels. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was scary. There was like a dude outside my window at one point. <laughs> Yeah. and I think I think you're right because we had like this food that our professor had found us and I'm pretty sure it was meat pretty sure I ate meat that day <laughs> it was the meat see <laughs> that's where you messed up honestly that's where you messed that's up life just made a turn after that for that sure was, what is it called the culture reset was what yeah it was. you're just like like insert Raven Simone meme where you're just like <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Well, yeah, so this is, so we've known each other, what, it's coming up on five years already, I think, since 2015? Oh, yeah, five years. Officially, this week, actually, we would technically be in Paris and London. So today was the day that we had that deep conversation. There we go. Oh, my God. I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt if that was today's date. That would actually be really cool. That's so funny. That what? I think it's possible. We both have that, like, um, serendipity, like telepathic psychic thing going on oh yeah for sure (laughs) that's definitely true so um we wanted to the well one of the main reasons why we were thinking about this podcast is especially with everything going on right now I think it's a good time to have a conversation um especially from like a latinx perspective where you know we're both light complected (laughs) I would say so we do Uh yeah it's like we pass you know what I mean um we've had very different experiences as far as far as like microaggressions and stuff like that um but I think it it it's good to have have that conversation from this perspective when I see a lot of the Latinx people that just kind of are like well this really isn't our problem um but it is our problem and we have to make it our problem so if you have been living in a rock or under a rock in a hole somewhere um, and you don't know what's going on, um, a lot of the protests right now are surrounding the police brutality that's going on in this country and has been going on since the inception of the police department. Um, And I just feel like right now is kind of a really good time. I'm one of those people that's like, oh, everything has a purpose and everything, you know, whatever. Some things are kind of, they have no purpose but I feel like the pause that we got during the coronavirus kind of gave us the ability to stop and sit and think and be like hey shit's fucked up yo and then with you know with the murder of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, um, and George Floyd and countless others um, enough is enough so 
Adesali, do you, do you want to jump in with anything um, that's been on your mind, especially like recently? I just like the same thing you, you said. I think it's been boiling up. I mean, a lot of people are saying like, oh, why is this happening now? But it's always been happening. Like, like just like everyone's saying, like it's been happening for a long time. Now we have the opportunity to actually have the power for, um, I guess, people to listen and then the backing of more people because of the outreach. So I think it's important to talk about it, just like you said. And then also like the fact that we're giving a different perspective that's not white or black. We're, we're Latin girls, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's especially difficult for me to see, um, front, well, I went to school in a, to kind of give background, in a predominantly white neighborhood, um, so I was like one of very few Mexicans um, or Mexican-Americans that, that went to my school. Um, the other family is actually a part of my family now, <laughs> so she's married to my brother, so we, I mean, we have that experience as far as knowing what it feels, you know, to be kind of an outsider, but the reason why I'm bringing that up is I'm seeing a lot of friends from high school that are predominantly white um, that are kind of just passing over everything. And I wanted to get your opinion on the, I guess the difference between like silence um, and complacency versus like silent activism. And how do you, how do you feel about that? Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yes. So I, feel like I see a lot of people that are silent, especially mm -hmm. like, family or people on Facebook that are just posting like everything's normal they haven't said one thing about anything yeah or, or even in reality like real life when I'm talking to people they don't bring it up or seem to seem like oh well that's that's like kind of like you said earlier it's not my business so I'm not going to say anything on it or they're just they just think like oh that's just happening and it'll blow over but I think I think it's important to be vocal because if you're not vocal then you're not being help, helpful to anyone mm -hmm. so that's why I I know you are and I am and a lot of people that we're friends with are very vocal because if we're not then that's one less voice kind of like with voting it's one less voice that's out there giving the information or speaking up for others that need to be spoken for because yeah. I think the more and the more variety of like cultures that are standing together for this will be super helpful so instead of staying silent because it's not your problem or you think it's not going to help, I, it's just not the right thing to do. You need to you need to speak up because the more people that do, the more um, the more people are going to listen. And then the other thing where speaking up about it, maybe through um, donating money or doing posts, going to protests, like anything that you do is super helpful. But I think. The most important part is to let let your opinion or how you feel be known because if you're just being silenced then maybe people are not going to know where you're coming from or what you believe and then they're going to think maybe that you're not a part of it or you you're thinking something else when really like how you really feel like deep inside is that you want to speak about it and you should yeah, exactly. I think, I think back to, um, I don't know if you watched the Taylor Swift documentary. I'm sure you did. Um, did. When she, yeah, <laughs> when she talks about like, when she has that kind of interaction with her dad and she's pretty much like, this is enough. Like I need to speak on something political at the time, but having her voice as, you know, knowing that she's a person of influence and has the ability to reach like millions of people and have them, you know, understand that this is what I think is right. Whether or not you think it's right is completely up to you, but this is what I believe in and so forth, you know? Um, 
and to kind of segue off of that the I had a conversation with my sister-in-law who is also um, Latinx and she was kind of having this like you know this kind of internal conflict where she was saying like I just feel like I don't have anything to add to the conversation and I feel like I you know I know where I stand and I don't think I have to necessarily put it out there but I think what you said is perfect because it's it's not so much about like adding to the conversation if even if you feel like okay I've said everything that needs to be said or it's like everybody else is basically saying what I think but I think bringing awareness in a like a tree formation is such a big deal you know you have one person oops you have um you know I know five people but they're not the same five people that you know you know what I mean so it's like my post might reach one of those five people that had no idea what was going on. You know what I mean? I, I believe the same thing. And um, like I, I had posted when the, the whole rioting began, mm-hmm. uh, I posted about how, how is it that you're more upset over a building that can be rebuilt, replaced, like there's insurance, all that, than a life. And that was just from my own brain, my personal thing. And then I just started seeing it everywhere. Yeah. So it's, like you need to get your opinion out there, even if you think, oh, people are going to think this is silly or why why should I contribute? That's just silly what I just thought. But like, then you see it everywhere and you're like, wow, I, I, I should have said that. And then also, like you said, when more people join in, it gives the bigger voice. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just so like, it's really important right now that there is like such a big difference with like generations. You know what I mean? Like our parents' generation is so different from like, Gen Zers generation because their their parents are basically like only a generation ahead of us you know what I mean so in a weird not to put like so much emphasis on millennials because I know everybody gives a shit but it's like we really do have that like connection between the differences of like the boomers and like the or the baby boomers and the um like Gen Zers we kind of relate to both and also like Gen X you know Gen X has always been the generation that's kind of just like guys like <laughs> can we have to stop fighting but I don't know. I, I've been having a lot of, or I've seen a lot of exchanges with like my older family members or like my boyfriend's family where it's like, they really just don't understand what's going on. And I don't know, like, how do you navigate talking to family? That's one that you're barely getting to know. Cause again, I'm barely getting to know my boyfriend's family. And then also knowing like having these conversations with current family members that for the most part, they understand like, okay, we shouldn't say all lives matter. Um, but they still kind of really don't understand the depth of that, of what's actually the problem. Um, have you had any, any kind of like conversations like that with your family? So, so you do know of one of, and I'll, I'll share it. Mm-hmm. So there was a situation with like my boyfriend's mom, which you know about, and the, the what makes that even harder is that she is my boss. <laughs> so it had that double thing. Like she's not my mom, but she's she's the mom of someone I love and then she's my boss so she she like gives me a job right so it's like how do I um like tell her that how do I how do I communicate with her in a way that's respectful but still at the same time like telling her that the phrase she used all lives matter is not helpful and it's actually harmful especially as someone who works in the education field like you need to not be so saying that sort of thing because we need to be able to lift up our black students which uh, the school I work at has a lot of them because we're we have a lot of military so there's a lot of black families and I I, I we employ a few um black there's a black 
assistant principal, black teacher. And from what I see, like the new black teacher, she is very vocal like me. And uh, the sad thing about my school is that not a lot of people are vocal. I might be the only one, mm -hmm. um, which is really sad, but it, but it doesn't scare me. Like I know that I'm, I'm believing in something that's for people. Like a lot of people like to say it's political, but it's really not. It's just like, I think that everyone should have a right to live. Everyone should feel safe and there should be um, like the police should be held to a higher, um, I guess, what is, what is the word I'm looking Standard for? Standard or like ethical right? code or something. Yeah. <laughs> so when I, when I saw that post, I'm like, okay, should I, how should I do this? Should I just like turn away and pretend I didn't see it, which is what most people might do. Right. Mm -hmm. But I decided maybe I should just try so I, I commented on it in a really respectful way. I'm like, I, I understand that you're saying this from like a place in your heart that you believe that everyone deserves it. And it's a good place. Like you, you said it with good intentions, but this is why it's hurtful. And this is why it's important that we say Black Lives Matter because we have our Black students. They're able to distinguish that uh, our other students that aren't Black are able to distinguish, like when we say that Black Lives Matter, it doesn't diminish their shine. It doesn't, doesn't diminish their worth just because we are we have the spotlight on another person. Mm -hmm. I teach this to my students all the time. It's kind of like 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 when another student gets attention or they're, they want a game. Um, it's not like, well, what about me? What about me? I teach them like, no, you're happy for your friends or you take care of your friends. Yeah. It's not about you all, all the time. And I think that's something that people are missing. They just want to make everything about them. And and when it doesn't relate to them, well, oh, well, like it doesn't relate to me. So like, I don't care about it or yeah. something. It's important that like, like, you know, I teach little kids or five, six, that if they can get it, like, why can't grown adults get it, right? Mm -hmm. Just because it doesn't have to do with you or just because it's not including everyone doesn't mean it's taking away from you yeah. <laughs> it's actually helping you in a exactly. way exactly I I told her all that like it doesn't diminish their shine should they're able to understand that even at a young age because I know that little kids they might not get the credit they deserve but they're really smart and they can understand things beyond what we believe they can kids pick up so much yeah they really do they so that's why I always like I low-key have all these books about like diversity and all of that because it really they cling on to it and mm -hmm. they it really absorbs into them that like my classroom everyone's friends we don't even it doesn't even matter nice. like oh man like I love I love the pictures they draw because they draw everyone with different colored skin and everything and it's just like from that age like they just don't even care like it's just it's something that like they don't see like believe in like it's what this person's this color it's great yeah. like so anyway so I came to her with that and she didn't respond to me for a few days. And then um, she replied like, oh, well, I've been on this earth for a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And this is what I believe in and so and so. So I was kind of sad, disappointed, kind of, okay, well, I tried, you know, at least I said something. And then a few days later, she deleted her post and she had messaged her son, which is my boyfriend, that she's actually gonna start researching more about the topic because she's she says that she needs to learn more before she says something like that and I think that's all you can ask for right yeah exactly so I think when it comes to family members or people that you might think it's difficult to speak up to 
mm-hmm. maybe just try coming at it from a respectful way because I see a lot of people coming at it from like an argumentative yeah place. and that will get you literally nowhere because people just go on the defense right it's yeah. something that I see all the time and I'm I mean there's uh I won't name drop or anything like that but there's people on our mutual friends list um but it's just like I understand I understand the passion I think it's great and I think sometimes you do need to have this like fervor for the you know for the movement and just passion I think that's awesome but I think when you're coming from a perspective of look like I already know like if you go in knowing I'm not going to change your mind like I'm yes. I'm not trying to change your mind then I think it kind of reshifts the focus of what you're trying to tell them from the start like you with um, your boyfriend's mom I feel like you kind of went at it as like a this is you know you should probably do a little bit more research just educating you a little bit on this I'm not bashing you for your you know for your beliefs but this is where we're at at this point in time you know what I mean and I think that's really important no I, I think I agree yeah it definitely I think that's the thing that people need to start working on how we how we speak to others about certain issues because they're they're sensitive and oh my gosh yeah <laughs> that's something they they believe they're right even even people that say the blue lives matter all lives matter they think they're right mm-hmm. and deep down in their hearts they're right right they I I I believe in these cops they're good good people I met one he changed my tire the other day yeah. but it's like you need to step outside of yourself and see what's happening to others back to that no exactly Exactly. I I actually had an exchange with going back to the like friends, <laughs> so she's white, but um, you know, she had reached out to somebody else, and this person, I again, I won't name drop, but she's very, it's just very apparent that she leans more Republican, which I don't bash because I grew up Republican, so I understand a lot of the belief systems. Um, of course, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, that's that's a whole other topic for another day, but yeah. It's just not the same as it was when I was growing up. So, but I understand like her, her opinions on, on a lot of topics are very right leaning. Um, You know, so it's just very apparent. She's Catholic. It's kind of not to throw Catholics in that mix, but just to kind of give you an image of this person. Um, And she kind of approached me and she was, you know, a little hesitant to, to ask me about one of the posts that was basically like all cops are bastards. And she's like, well, I, and I've seen her actually post a lot of things about the movement, which I think is a big jump from when I first met her. I honestly didn't even think that she would have anything to say, but she's been one of the loudest ones on my posts from like, from friends from high school. And this was one thing that she was like, I don't agree with this. And I don't think that, you know, that we should kind of generalize everybody like this, whatever. Right. But the thing is, is that I agree with her. I've been on the side of saying, and I've stopped people and said like, look, just because you see a cop, they're not all bad. But I understand also the difference in saying that, sure, not all cops are bad, but that is not conducive to the movement right now. I think the conversation needs to understand that even though there are, at this point, it seems like there's a select few of cops that are good cops. um, We need to realize that if they went in with any intention to change the system or whatever, which is the argument that I've used before, because I have said to friends where I've said, um, you know, maybe you see a lot of like minority uh, or people of minorities joining the police force with hopes of changing it. But then doing more research after saying this comment, I realized that there's stories upon stories from minority cops that say we went in with this intention 
and they don't let you at like budge basically they essentially just try to beat it out of you not I don't know if literally or not but like you know what I mean <laughs> I'm like that I don't know but it's gotten to the point to where they're basically like look we're trying but there's not really much we can do when this system is so deeply rooted in racism and hatred and you know and there's just so much that they they you know neglect to to put into account so when I was talking to this friend I kind of came from the angle of like look I appreciate that you're trying to learn more about this which is really easy when you have people like that right not everybody is that receptive not everybody's gonna sit here and be like oh teach me all the things they're gonna be like nope I'm right and you're wrong and I'm big and you're small (laughs) you know But, (laughs) but she genuinely was just you know, very open. And, and I honestly, I, we had this long conversation. I was like, look, and after a while, I'm not going to lie. I got tired of the conversation because it just, um, it's just, yeah, it's very like cyclical, right? Where she's just like, but what about this? And what about this? And I'm like, look at the end of the day, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it again. You're white. And your responsibility right now is to shut up and listen and to help advocate. And I get it. You know, like you, you're, you're trying to learn, you're trying to, but anything that's not going to be conducive to the movement right now, just please do not try to derail things that are going on. And with like the so-called like rioting and stuff like that, I 100% understand what's going on. You know, I've seen people even who are like of the Latinx community on my own Facebook that are like, well, I don't understand. This is so ghetto. And I fucking hate that word, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's like, oh, like, no, it's not ghetto. Like, I've used the word ghetto, but not in a way of like, I don't know. I just feel like the word, like, attaching it to a certain race, and it's usually Black people, it's like, do better. Come on. Like, don't do better. Like, you're just calling them ghetto because why, you know? So I had to stop and be like, listen, if someone, let's say some random ass dude came and like killed one of your family members, and then you went to court, nothing happened, or they didn't even get arrested, you'd be pissed. And then that same person killed another one of your family members and nothing happened again. And like, they kept doing that until basically all your family is gone or not all of it, but they've, you know, killed a majority of your family. You'd be fucking pissed and you'd want to fucking ride in the streets too. Like, God, excuse my language, but like, but you know, like shit, dude, like I really feel that people need to understand that they're so much depth to what's going on like people are so hurt and angry and frustrated that a a country that is supposed to be for them and helping them and helping them grow has been systematically against them since they were forced to come here you know and so it is it's very uncomfortable right now it's a very uncomfortable place to be in arguing with friends I know you guys are probably fucking tired of seeing these posts but it's like can you imagine living that life and being afraid that your life's going to end because you get pulled over? Like, it's just like, recognize your privilege, you know? And I think, I think it's hard for them because they've never felt, they've never felt it. They're never going to feel it. Like, sure. They, there's a, I'm being discriminated because I'm not wearing a mask. Like, like, (laughs) but like they, they try so hard to like, like to discriminate themselves with that mask situation I'm just like you'll never know what it feels like like even even Latin people Mm -hmm. um have a little little idea we'll never know exactly how it is to be black but we have a similar life where we walk somewhere 
and people look at us and are judging us just based off of yeah. our culture, our skin, our our everything about us, what language we're speaking, then we're judged by that. And you know, white people will never know what that, that feels like. They'll never know what it feels like. Like, for example, for me, if I go when I was going to West Virginia, you know, predominantly white, like I don't know them, but I was a little scared. Like, how am I gonna perceive be perceived over there? And luckily I was perceived really well. So I was I was okay with it. It was it was fine. But the fact that I even thought as I'm flying over there, like I hope, I hope that people are nice to me. I hope I don't run into like a racist situation or a prejudice against me because I'm Mexican and my family's Mexican. Yeah. It, it was just something that's sad that white people will never have to think about. So so if you're you're a black person, imagine walking down the street, people are automatically switching to the other side because they think something of you that's not even just based off of oh they see you and okay I'm gonna cross the street or I'm gonna hold my purse closer to me like or I'm getting pulled over by the cops let me have my hands on the steering wheel so that nothing bad happens just because this cop's gonna look at me and they're gonna think that I'm doing something wrong even though everything is fine um so where was I going with this? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. So they'll never, they'll never fully understand what it feels like. Yeah. Be judged by how they look. Um, and I think that goes that that also doesn't help with them trying to understand because they they can't understand that because they've never experienced it. They can try to like you know they can try listening to us, but their experience is always going to come into play. Like I've never experienced it, so how bad can it be, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like a lot of, <laughs> it's so funny because because we live in an age where social media is very prevalent. Um, and I've seen this from kind of like the dawn of whatever MySpace, right? Where you have this mentality now, especially with things like TikTok, that things grow like so quickly. People have, I don't know, it's like this weird like victim mentality that because it's trendy to be a victim, and I know that sounds weird to say, but I feel like that that's the perception. I might be wrong, but that's what it seems like. But because there's this perception of like trendy victim mentality, then it's just like, oh, look at me, like I'm a victim too. And it's just a lot easier to victimize yourself than actually take responsibility and understand that one, like the math situation, wear a mask in public. Okay. So you're, you already know that you're doing something wrong. And instead of taking responsibility for those actions, um, you try to deflect one, two, I feel I'm like three, sorry, don't pick up the phone. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) um, but I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Secondly, with the, you know, with the the whole conversation around privilege, I see this a lot because I, I mean, I date somebody who's white, um, and I have dated white, right? I was like, I've dated white guys in the past. Thankfully, the boyfriend I have now is very good about having these conversations and me saying like, you are privileged, you know, even though, you know, social privilege and economic privilege are two completely different things. And I think that's where people get upset, especially in the white community, where they say, well, like, hey, wait a minute. I grew up poor and I grew up, you know, in a shack somewhere. This is an actual like quote from somebody, not my boyfriend, but somebody else (laughs) where they're just like, I grew up in a shack and I was poor. And what do you mean? I'm privileged. And I said, social privilege and economic privilege are two very different things. I grew up economically privileged and somewhat socially privileged as well. You know, 
Um, again, I did experience my own set of microaggressions. I was pulled over in my own fucking neighborhood for walking at night by a cop. And it was very terrifying, but it wasn't anywhere near what somebody who's black would experience at all. But I recognize that. And I think a lot of people are having this uncomfortable learning experience where learning one is very uncomfortable in a lot of ways, especially if you're an adult, but they're starting to recognize that like, Hey, maybe I, you know, even though I didn't grow up with a lot of money, I was still awarded a lot of privileges in society that got me to a place that is in, you know, that's above where, you know, like economically speaking, not always, but I don't know if that makes sense. I feel like I'm rambling now. (laughs) No, you're not. Okay, good. (laughs) So I don't know. I just feel like there needs to be that delineation between the two, because I see this argument way too often and recognize when somebody says check your privilege they don't mean that you grew up wealthy they don't mean that you grew up you know with a lot of things or anything like that what they mean is is that society is not gonna cower in fear because of the color of your skin you know they're gonna treat you relatively you know respectfully I guess um you're not gonna be followed around in stores thinking that you're gonna steal something more than likely you're not gonna be racially profiled by a cop um, you know, these things are what we talk about when we're talking about privilege. Exactly. Like, um, what was I going to say? Like, like even down to the jury, like based on the color of your skin, you might get a longer prison sentence mm-hmm. or a shorter prison sentence because exactly. of your appearance. Like it's just everywhere and you don't even realize it's happening. Yeah. And, and it's that check your privilege. Like I can check mine. I have light skin. Mm -hmm. That's one of my privileges. Yeah, exactly. And like, especially, and I think one of the, one of the main reasons that I wanted to kind of emphasize that we're both of the Latinx community is the fact that like colorism is such a big deal that people don't even realize it. You know what I mean? So it's like, we're white passing and well, you're more white passing than I am. I'm a little more, but like, but you know what I mean? Like in those situations, like white skin is, is usually preferred over someone who's darker. You know, we're barely seeing the shift in, you know, in media, um, but because it's been a long fight for this and people have been tired of like seeing the same five color, you know, light, ivory, beige, and warm beige, like, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's important. Growing up, it was all about being blonde with white skin, blue, green eyes. Yeah. I remember growing up and just wishing the entire time that my hair was blonde and that my name was Ashley. Like, my name's Araceli. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just, you know, that's all I would see. So I started perceiving that to be the standard of beauty. Yeah. And now that I'm, I'm a lot older, I obviously, like, I, there's much more diversity in culture culture and I tend to lean more towards like Camila Cabello obviously Mm -hmm. she's Cuban and she's Cuban Mexican she's an immigrant I lean more towards um black artists um just just brown artists too like I just want to be I want to learn more about that and I want to like feel like I'm part of something because growing up I never felt like I was part of something always felt like on the outside, like I'm looking into this window at the, on the TV, the magazines, and I'm seeing these white faces, these blonde faces. And I, I'm not, I'm never going to be that. So am I not beautiful? Like, I think I barely started feeling like 
and my sense of beauty around high school and college because that's yeah. when the shift started happening for more diverse pop singers, more of a diverse um, stories on television, TV shows. And now it's getting a lot better. And I think, I think it's important that brought it up that yeah. we need to see that. We need to see Asian people. We need to see, um, you know, Muslims. We need to see everything. We need to see it all because if we're just in this little bubble of white America, then that's what's harming us more. We need to know that there's more out there, that this is a diverse country. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, I don't think people realize how important it is to see yourself in the media. It's, I didn't even find like that much emphasis on it. Cause I feel like I grew up where my parents were very much like, I don't know, like they were, they, they took a lot of responsibility for how I saw myself. You know what I mean? My mom was very careful to be like, you're pretty and, but you're not just pretty, like, you know, so thankfully I had that, but but then I started getting, like you said, into high school, but my shift went completely opposite where I had this like inflated sense of confidence up until high school. And then I was like, I don't look like any of these bitches out here. Like I am blonde. I'm not cute. I'm like, I got my boobs when I was in middle school. So it's like, I'm real booby and I got a little big booty, you know, so I don't look like any of these people, like any of these people. And around the time it was I don't even know who was the pop star at the time but it's true like I didn't really see myself Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus. oh girl girl <laughs> I definitely don't look like her okay <laughs> I don't no shade to her but I don't I really don't um but it's you know then I started seeing things like later on in college I think when Beyonce was really like hitting her peak and I was like holy shit you know I don't look like Beyonce either but you know, I, I sure as hell, um, you feel related to her a little bit. Yeah. Like I relate to, thank you. I was like, I can't think of the word relate. Yes. Um, I relate to Beyonce a lot more than I do Taylor Swift and I love Taylor Swift, but it's just, you know what I mean? So I didn't, and it's so funny because it wasn't until I moved back here, um, to El Paso growing up in, in Gilbert, Arizona, again, predominantly white Mormon, um, where I realized that culture is such an important thing to your identity where I know a lot of people are really trying to just be like well I'm not just you know my culture I'm not just this I'm I'm you know I'm a person but it's like girl that is a part of your identity and it should be because you grow and you learn so much from from all the things that you learn from your you know from your abuela or like from from family members like that that you really couldn't pick up from people on tv so I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny because I know a lot of people really don't see that the importance of having like our skin color, like our type of person in pop music or anything like that. But even now, like seeing people like Rosalia who are just so unapologetically Latina, like she's like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm going to make my music in Spanish and I don't give a shit if it doesn't appease to the white demographic. And people are still listening to that shit. Like this bitch is blowing up, you know? you got like the Latinx wave of music is just sweeping the nation. And I'm just out here like, yes, like La Raza, you know, like, even though I wouldn't have said shit like that before, like, I would have just been like, cool, like, I'm all Latinos, like, Latino. Um, What what really um, shifted my pride in my culture, because I never really had it up until college, which is, which is something else we need to get into the importance of education. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that's like 
went to college, I, I accidentally took a Chicano class. Yeah. Um, and it changed my life. It was, I'm a film minor, right? So it was a Chicano film class. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much about my culture that I had no idea. Yeah. The term Hispanic is just awful. Like I learned that. Um, it's a government created word to put us in a box. So, mm -hmm. and I just learned so much about like being proud of my Mexican roots and yeah. It's just important that we hold on to culture. I know a lot of people are like, well, you like choose one. Are you American or are you like Mexican? And it's like, well, no, like I'm, I'm American, obviously, but I want to hold on to yeah. like culture and what's like what I, what's in my blood. Right. It's important exactly. to hold on to that thing that makes you, you that individuality. Yeah. So I think that's why we, we need to celebrate what makes people like individuals and yeah, exactly. Celebrate black hair, celebrate black music celebrate just everything about that makes the that certain person unique exactly no, no 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 I agree I feel like especially when it comes to culture you really don't realize like how amazing it feels to like experience something like a like a Dia de los Muertos parade or something like that that's just like true to your actual culture um I'm not just Mexican I, I think I've mentioned this before I'm also Chinese so in a DNA confirmed guys um I am <laughs> I am also I knew it but you know I have very small pockets oops um of like information of that culture but I feel just so empowered by both by by like my Chinese roots my Mexican roots um and I like being American I like being here but I think to myself and no shade to America because I'm not trying to be shady but it's just like what is our culture huh Ariana Grande donut moment yeah exactly <laughs> I hate America no I don't okay don't I'm all don't make that a, a blurb <laughs> um but you know like having these moments of just sitting back and saying like shit like we have these really cool ass cultural moments and like get-togethers which is like you know lunar new year for me was such a big deal this year because I was just like you know what I have a moment to sit and just be like get closer to that part of me and am I gonna celebrate the other those mortals hell yeah I am you know <laughs> like and these are things that I never celebrated before but it just makes me feel closer to that side of me you know when when you grow up in a place where you're just kind of forced to get rid of any kind of cultural identity and make sure I think I've told this story before, but I used to pretend I was Puerto Rican because I would tell people I was Puerto Rican because like being Mexican was essentially like a derogatory thing. Like it was very like, is. you're Mexican, you're dirty, you like tacos. I'm like, I do like tacos, but I take a shower every day. Okay. <laughs> not dirty. <laughs> I'm not brown because I'm dirty. Like shit that you don't, you don't even realize. So I don't know. I just feel like now is a really good time, with, especially with social media, to really get back to all these parts that make us, like you said, individual, individual, <laughs> unique. Um, but yeah, but like you were saying, to shift into the education thing. Sorry, I like go a mile a minute. <laughs> I, I want to add something else. Before yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the term melting pot, something else I learned in college. Why is America called the melting pot? Why is New York called the melting pot? Mm -hmm. So this is basically what America wants us to do. They want us to all, all of our little things that make us unique go into one thing and morph together to make a melting pot, make like a stew that yeah. tastes the same. 
And I just think how boring life would be if like we didn't have all these different cultures. Like let's let's get out of that melting pot and let's celebrate our uniqueness and not put each other down for it. No, I agree. I feel like I'm all, I do not want to just eat one type of food for the rest of my life. And I hate to put it that way, but I'm a foodie. And if I have to just eat Mexican food or American food, no, ma'am, I can't do it. I have to have Indonesian food and Chinese food and all the good things. Indian food. I love curry. Shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you have taken me to so many restaurants with different, like, I've never tried. And I appreciate that. I also appreciate you because um, I remember something. It was, you were wearing a kimono. There was a little dance. What was that? Oh, uh, no, it was, a, it was a fan dance for, it was for, I think it was for Chinese New Year, for Lunar New Year. I was wearing, it is actually uh, Cheongsam, so it's but for Chinese, <laughs> as, uh, kimonos of Japanese, just education. Oh, uh, see, learn something okay. new. What was it called again? Uh, Cheongsam. Cheongsam. Yeah, so it's like a traditional, cute, I, even then, I'm not going to pretend to be the authority on this, because I, that's all I know. <laughs> I, honestly, I just thought it was so cool that, like, you embrace that part of yourself I, I just thought that was amazing and you, you reminded me of it right now oh thank you that's so nice I still have the dress <laughs> it's in there I haven't worn it I've gotten a little too big for it but that's another story <laughs> girl this quarantine's doing me dirty it's doing me dirty <laughs> okay. No. okay we'll get on to the education no but I love that because I mean and that was something that I kind of appreciated more in college than anything because growing up I knew that on both sides of my family, I have um, Chinese, like great, great grandparents, I think. But it was never really too much embedded into how I grew up. Um, on my dad's side, it's a little bit more prevalent. My grandma is a little bit more true to, to kind of those cultural things, but not really like it's very few. They like sometimes she celebrates Lunar New Year, but it's few and far in between. She celebrates more like Mexican holidays. Um, Good Friday is a big, <laughs> is a big, not that that's exclusively Mexican, but it's like big for Mexicans, you know, we always make the like big old spread, but, um, but yeah, like college for me was such a big experience as far as just learning about different people and learning about how to see the world a little bit differently. Um, well, I don't necessarily disagree with people who say not everybody should go to college. I do feel it is an experience that everybody should have. Um, even if you're only going to like secondary, um, like what, like an associates or something or take classes that are just cultural classes. Cause you'll learn so much about different things. Um, I, I kind of took a lot of more, I lean more towards like black history and like Asian um, cultures in college, but it made such a difference. Cause you really start thinking about little things like you were saying, like, for, for the Chicano studies, it was like the Hispanics, right? Like you can't say Hispanic, like that's not politically correct. It's not correct at all. Like that might be politically, but it's not, it's not good to say. Um, or like in black culture for a long time, people would say the word colored and or African-American or yeah. And don't, <laughs> not everybody is, you know, like um, all you have black uh Latinos who are not from Africa I mean maybe like far 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 back but they don't identify as African-American they're black Latinos uh do not say colored please <laughs> having that conversation with my mother who grew up in like the 50s 60s was like I don't see why that's such a big deal and I'm like because you're not black 
because <laughs> you were taught that this is how you should talk to people and um it's not right so yeah having those having those conversations and having those uncomfortable moments in class too where your your own ideas are challenged a hundred percent you start you're up to a certain age you're told that the sky is blue you know and then in college they're pretty much like yeah, but the sky is blue, but it's, it's also like cerulean and sometimes it's pink and sometimes it's purple, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. It's amazing to go to college because then you, you learn those parts about yourself. You learn those parts about others. You open your mind. Like we both were, were in lots of literature classes where we had to read about yeah. different experiences. Another great thing to do, read. Um, but I think like it's also hard because of the education system that we have in America to say, oh, go to college and you'll get educated because mm -hmm. that might not be the reality for everyone. You might not be able to afford it. Yeah. Your situation might not allow you to go to college. We were fortunate enough that our situation did and we went to a really, I think UTEP's a great college. Like great. we got experience from it. Um, so, so if you're in that situation where you can't go to college or maybe like you're, you, there's lots of scholarships, but obviously the the system to go to college and pay for it and yeah. awful too everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything needs to be redone. <laughs> but if you, if you can't, um, there's definitely lots of talks online that you can look at. Yeah, and um, lots of books. So just go for that if college is not the thing. But if you can, I recommend it yeah exactly um I see I don't know if you follow like Gary Vee on online he's like a big um does he do he's like inspirational speaker um he's like a little controversial sometimes because some of the things he says is just like get your head out of your ass and just fucking get to it and I'm all for it because I need that, <laughs> you <hear> that? <laughs> like me yes but um he does say like it's one of those things where he talks about like not going to college right like not everybody needs to go to college whatever me coming from a place that like I love education you know for a long time I was like no that's so stupid like you should because I learned so much but it's exactly what you said it's it's you may not be awarded the same you know financial privileges we do or even be in a place where the colleges are good or you can't study abroad anywhere like you know but reading is and I such a nerd moment but that is a really great way for you to expand your horizons and expand you know, just your worldview, because when you sit, when you sit and you read like the same, you know, white, on this is again, again, white, like inclusiveness is very important because when you're seeing all these different perspectives from people, you get a better understanding of why we're in a state that we're in again, shifting back to family members or people that don't understand why people are as angry as they are. Um, but you read and if you read the books that we've read you'll be like oh shit I'd be pissed off too like <laughs> you know so I think it is you know while you may not be awarded an, a formal education I think it is your responsibility to educate yourself in any way that you can um you know outside of the scope of like TikTok or Snapchat or like Instagram try to branch out or try to look at different things that are not a part of the algorithm that it's created for you um, uh, right now, a really big movement that I'm totally loving is the, um, is like the black authors movement, which people are trying to uplift like black authors voices. So if you feel like you really do, again, it is your responsibility to educate yourself on other people. It is not the black community's responsibility to educate you. They're just out here putting out their own perspectives, but 
check out those books, check out, you know, read Google is a great tool. Google black authors, you know, um, Toni Morrison is a great one. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, if you guys need recommendations, but it's just, again, it's, it's not, nece- not necessarily about formal education. It's just educating yourself in general is just a huge responsibility that'll just enrich your life in any way possible. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Off my soapbox. <laughs> it's all right and books are easily accessible but maybe not right now because the libraries are are closed I think they're going to reopen but that's one way and it's free yeah and a lot of libraries El Paso Library shout out have um this really cool app that you can download and I think it's cool and I think I have it uh because it's closed it is I don't know what it's called It's called Libby by Overdrive. So you can actually download online versions or digital versions of these books and you don't have to, not everyone's available. It's true. And sometimes you have to wait, but it's the age of not using any more excuses <laughs> to, you know, I know y'all are buying a lot of shit on Amazon, add a book to your carts. Cause I have, this is not even, okay. It's just, there's more <laughs> and I need a new bookshelf. <laughs> have a like boxes of books I still need to bring I've only unpacked one box of books mm-hmm. I yeah it's embarrassing books. right they're great and if you don't like reading because we I have plenty of friends that are like fucking hate reading audible dude one of my cousins who like she loves learning but she just like has just a brain that sometimes it's faster than like what she's reading so she just gets audible like saved her life I mean or any other source I'm not we're not spawn hashtag not spawn but maybe eventually audible okay <laughs> maybe eventually um with Sarah and Araceli hell yeah um all please contact us at no I'm just um you know so you you there are plenty of resources but I think one of the issues that you know one of the things that we talked about I think on Twitter we really not you said something about Gen Zers that I'm like obsessed with right now because I'm all they're gonna save the world. I love them so much. Some of them are a little feisty, but I was feisty too when I was that age. They love us deep down. We do. And then we we are literally, I'm literally like so close to their age that it's yeah. (laughs) No, my it's funny because my boyfriend is yeah like he's a little bit closer to I think he's like right on the cusp of I don't even know what a millennial. For, I don't even he might be a Gen Zer. <laughs> I'm all not to call myself out. Uh I kind of rub the cradle a little bit. <laughs> I'm 29 and he is 23. Um, but I don't feel it aged. It was we just met like last year. Okay, it wasn't a weird like grooming moment before people I get called out. All right, but no, no, don't call it out. No. Appropriate age. No, it was. But like one thing that it's just so funny because I just see just even in, in like him, I see such like a passion and drive that I didn't have at that age that where I was just like, la la la, everything's going to be fine. And I have, you know, again, economic privilege and huh, whatever, like, I'll just figure it out. And he's just so like, <laughs> like focused on like, I don't even know. He just, it's just, it blows my mind. So I see that a lot with a lot of Gen Zers right now, that they're just so like, this world needs to change and we're going to fucking change. To grow up fast. Yeah. Yes. Yes, dude. Because I feel like I act a lot younger than him. And he's a lot younger than me. And he's sometimes an old man. And I love it. <laughs> he's sometimes like the fortunate one. Yes. 
there are some Gen Zers that y'all crazy, okay? <laughs> y'all out here wildin'. But I love you. As mama still loves you. Auntie Sarah, you know, Auntie Sarah still loves you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. I think they're hilarious. I think so they're funny. smart. They're they're so inclusive. Like I Yes. I see them like I I hopped on the TikTok train like pretty early when it was still like cringe TikTok. Okay. Yeah, we were like the only ones. We were like, dude. I was like, check out this weird, cringy TikTok, but I love it. But they're, dude, they're so like creative. And it's just like, it's not even just Gen Zers on that platform, obviously, but I've seen so many of them that are obviously a lot younger that'll jump on people's like comment section that are just like stopping such a dick. You know, like if they see people that are just being rude, I love that accountability because I feel like we, I mean, I speak for myself here, but I've seen it where we get uncomfortable with confrontation and Gen Zers are not uncomfortable. They're like, I'm gonna fucking tell you to your face that you're bitch ass, <laughs> like for, for saying some racist ass shit and you need to get the fuck out. And I'm over here like, how do I tell my potential mother-in-law that? <laughs> Teach me other ways, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then I love that they're super like body positive. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know you hear about like how Charlie and Addison, they're like the top TikTokers that they get body mm-hmm. shape. I'm sure that's like, like yeah. not even the majority. I see so many um, plus size girls on TikToks that do dances and everyone's yeah. uplifting them. And I just think like, that's what we need. More people that are inclusive with different, yeah. different people. Exactly. I hear the conversation too much, especially with, oops, oh, I get hiccups and sorry, excuse me. Um, body top body positivity what was oh right okay <laughs> I've heard a lot of conversations before centering around like plus size girls that it's just like well is that like a healthy thing and blah 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 and it's just like we're redefining a completely new definition of what's healthy because if we see somebody who's very thin automatically we're gonna assume that that person's quote-unquote healthy uh girl have you ever heard of eating disorders like shit I've known a few people who've had eating disorders and that is not healthy at all that mentality of constantly like worrying about your weight and your size but it's been you know it's it's coming from what we see in the media you know we see these thin models with again nothing wrong but like sometimes these body types are unattainable for women who are just predisposed to having bigger bodies like hello like you know and so I think it's great that people are just shifting that conversation to be able to say like, like we need to just have a whole new discussion of what we think is healthy. And also what I've loved recently uh, regarding that topic is uh, with the whole, oh my God, I almost called her Addison, Adele. <laughs> with Adele losing weight. I saw a lot of people on my TikTok jumping on and saying like, we have, it's not our right to say anything about anybody's body. It's not our responsibility. It's not having anything to do. If the people close to her believe that she's having an eating disorder, again, not saying that that's what happened, but you know, if in those situations, if people close to her are saying that that's healthy or unhealthy and they have, you know, that's for her to work out. It's not for the rest of us to comment on. It's none of our goddamn business and we need to not make it our business and move on and talk about things that are uplifting, you know? I mean, you're never going to please anyone. People, people had a problem with her before. People have a problem with her now. I think it's just not something to comment on because it was so drastic. And yeah. I mean, until she speaks out on it herself, like, that's when you can say, oh, well, you look amazing. Like, I think it, the, the, the thing is to uplift people. Like, 
you are a good person. You're so talented. You, um, you're a ray of sunshine. You make me happy. I'm talking to you. Oh, (laughs) I I saw this TikTok again, TikTok from Lizzo, Lizzo. Mm -hmm. So plus size, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, she's like, you don't know, I'm working, you don't know that I'm working out all the time. And she's like working out in the video. She's like, and I'm working for the body type that I want. And the body type I want is none of your business, which is exactly our so business. We should just be uplifting her for the person that she is. And I think she's a really great person, like, um, to yeah. send that message out. And um, just because someone's thin, I mean, thin person might be healthy, right? But I've seen plenty of thin people that are out at the bars every day drinking, binge drinking. I'm like, is that healthy? Whereas <laughs> that's the tea right there, guys. Whereas like there's someone who might have be um, a little overweight that's works out, goes for a run every day and is eating the right things, sometimes indulges in ice cream here and there, whatever. But it's like, you can't just look at someone and assume yeah. they're healthy or not yeah you just never know no exactly and it's it's hard like I don't know it's funny because I I see a lot of people who like emulate again which is why again representation is so important we go back to the same thing but it's like it's so important because I see a lot of people who like emulate like the Kardashians for instance okay which all power to them I have no shade for the Kardashians I think their hustle is great I think sure whatever chris to be able to turn five quote-unquote talentless women into into multi-millionaires slash billionaires is a talent in itself okay but i think the importance there is like having a little bit more transparency as to like how unattainable that was mine sorry okay i was like what was that um in their assignment i'm doing summer school let me quit okay. <laughs> you're gonna start sending stuff in okay no it's okay um oh the Kardashians that there needs to be more of a transparency as to like how unattainable those bodies are without surgery guys surgeries are a real thing and um Kim Kardashian does not have a natural ass and I hate to break it to you and this may be controversial and I don't think our podcast is big enough or even like I'll, I don't even know how many people I don't care if she comes after me okay those are butt injections you need to know <laughs> And that's fine. I know plenty of people who have had work done. I want to get work done. Okay. It's not a big deal. Work is great. If you see something that you want to fix on yourself, fucking do it. I don't care. But like, don't go around telling people this shit's all natural and that you don't have five trainers training you every single day and you don't have a nutritionist and you don't basically do anything else but work out and eat healthy all day. Some of us have jobs. Okay. Like, a lot of my friends are teachers and I don't expect any of you guys to be like Kim Kardashian body type. Okay. For the fact that I see some of you guys even working out, I'm like, oh, you're doing America's work with the kids already and you're working out and you're eating healthy. You live in your best life. So I don't know. I just feel like, like, thankfully because of people like Lizzo that I know that a lot of people have something to say about her size or her, or her body type it's just like she's important to the conversation because at least she's out here perpetuating uh, an image that's a lot more, you know, real than, than not to call them fake, but you know what I mean? Like that's just more genuine to what 
other people are actually portraying. If you want to be, again, you want to get work done, get it done. I don't give a shit. Like nobody cares, but say that you got work done instead of just being like, oh no, these lips are real. I promise. (laughs) I can't even, my lips are so tiny. Just grew overnight. (laughs) It's magic. No, no but I, I think like it's important like Taylor Swift back to the documentary we keep going in circles but like you said it's going to keep going in circles Taylor Swift was always skinny stick mm-hmm. in, right finally in that documentary she admitted she wasn't eating the way she was supposed to yeah she was trying to put up this image that she thought everyone wanted of her and she was making herself feel bad to be able to look that way she was like a dead inside and she yeah. says now she eats what she wants she's She's heavier, but she's happier. And it's just like that Taylor Swift, that stick thin Taylor Swift wasn't wasn't real. It was it was starvation, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And it's all to be living up to this weird expectation that society has on everyone. And it's just like again, it is they are unrealistic expectations. And body dysmorphia is a very real problem that most of us face, you know, whether we don't realize yeah I don't know it's just I don't know where I was going but it is a very real thing (laughs) but it's like you said Taylor Swift uh was like the perfect ideal image for that kind of era and she grew up and girl you know how hard it is to lose weight when you're in your 30s Taylor Taylor Swift's 30 already right yeah 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 she's turned 30 so I'm I'm pushing 30 okay (laughs) it gets harder after 25 (laughs) goes downhill Um, but it gets harder. Like your, your body metabolizes differently. And if you're seeing, you know, even as a young age, you have a different metabolism than, than girls that are thinner, younger, whatever. It's just important to know that this is, this is real. And, um, I think I had a friend actually who talked to me about doing the, the same challenge that like Beyonce did for Coachella, which was no sugar, no, like a vegan diet based. I don't even know. Okay. But I was like, I had to talk this person down. And I was just kind of like, okay, one, <laughs> she has to perpetuate a certain image for Coachella. Okay, one, <laughs> two, <laughs> um, she, again, gets paid to do this kind of stuff. And three, that you're probably, you need to talk to nutritionists to make sure that you're not going to underfeed yourself. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I think people focus too much on like trying to look skinny and not realizing that like. It's what, it's what you feel inside. Yeah, you're going to. I know. I know. Uh, doing this like meditation thing. I'm on this journey right now, just trying to forgive myself. Yes. If I don't work out. It's fine. I'll be okay. I'm gonna. As long as I'm happy, that's all that matters. Yeah. Like, or if I am working out and I I didn't do the whole thing correctly, at least I tried. Like, I'm learning to be very forgiving of myself yeah. and not put myself to these high expectations like you're gonna lose 30 pounds and you're gonna look like this like no I just need to feel better and just work on myself and live in the moment and just work to be better and healthier yeah here that's a perfect way to approach it I feel like the goals that we need to have are just like how do I make myself either happier in terms of like things that are in my life that are toxic how do I eat health like for me it's a health thing my mom unfortunately passed away from pancreatic cancer and it just made me completely shift my perspective because you just sit there and you watch this person not to get too deep but like you watch this person slowly wither away and it's sad and it's scary and so I'm like all right 
I need to start eating a lot better because hopefully the changes that I make now are going to change my cellular structure, you know, whatever. I don't know how this works, but, um, and prevention again, versus, you know, eating what, like one meal a day and eating like five crackers and like a chicken breast and dry rice. Hell no, girl, you know, I love food. Like you see me out here, all the shit that I make is semi-healthy. You know, I try not to overdo it with like fried shit or like, you know, sweetened dressings, but it's like my, my shift right now isn't necessarily trying to get skinnier, even though I am, (laughs) I'm all, I am doing a challenge with my brothers and sister-in-law, but like, that's different. You know what I mean? But just trying to shift that mentality into like, okay, what is my version of healthy? And I know eating McDonald's every single day is not healthy. Um, I know eating out every day isn't healthy. That's why I gained however much I gained in quarantine, you know, but that I was like <laughs> 15 pounds. I just come off. I, I was yeah. about 10 pounds in quarantine. Dude, it's been it's been rough. But one of the things that my therapist was talking about was like, girl, we all this is not a normal situation. And we need to remember that these are not normal circumstances. This is a not, you know, we're not supposed to be locked in the house all the time. This is something that even the generation before us didn't experience. Nobody's experienced this in the last, what, since 1912, I think. So it's not, and it's like you said, learning to forgive yourself for little things that you think you need to be harder on yourself for. And that's one thing that she's told me a lot is just, dude, life is hard. And sometimes your parents really affect the way you were brought up. And even though you might not think that it was toxic, it sometimes might be, but that's not your fault. You know, now you're trying to learn how to be this adult and be a little bit more forgiving to how, how you go about in the world, you know, it's nice. Oh my gosh, I got these. I know. <laughs> therapy is great guys. Honestly, if you can go to therapy, if you can afford it, it's awesome. Um, I know. Oh, see now I'm noticing. I'm like, oh, I say things that are so privileged like if you can afford it if you can afford therapy like that's what I realized earlier with the college thing I was like well not everyone can yeah. like the healthcare system doesn't allow everyone to be able yeah. to afford therapy yeah, exactly the good news is if you live in El Paso there are really great programs uh for free therapy there's like a lot of project B that I think does like sliding scale um, there are a lot of really good new outlets. So like online versions of therapy that'll work with you and work with your budget. Um, I have to, I'll link some if I can remember who they were, but I know that there's, there's a lot of different avenues now. So that is another thing. I'm all therapy, education and <laughs> accountability. <laughs> Literally. It's like everything that you're feeling is like, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. It's and okay people. To- Yes. And I think like, I know I've had this issue before. I have a very, uh, I have a very bad habit of being like, you need to do this because I think it's best for you. And it's just my inner Aries. <laughs> y'all already know. Okay. My close friends know, like, it's just how I am. And I'm I working on it. It's like, you should be taking the advice you give, like you and that <laughs> friend giving advice to each other. Yep. Your advice. <laughs> Dude, I've worked years to even get to the point of me being like, I give some pretty good advice that is actually for me and not for other people. (laughs) 
I'm all like, I'm starting to project. <laughs> I think that's what's going on. Uh, I'm all giving boy advice. I'm like, stop being such an idiot and stop fucking calling him. And I'm, like- notice. I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. Yeah. That since we've got, gotten into relationships that are like solid, we haven't yeah. given advice anymore? Dude, no. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. It's that, but also my tolerance for for girls I okay I'm sorry if I say the word bitches a lot I just I don't mean it in a derogatory sense I mean in like you're my bitch you know like in a good way sometimes <laughs> um but I see a lot of my friends uh I won't again I won't name drop because I don't know who's gonna be watching this but I'm all like <laughs> on the low <laughs> I'm all texting you no I'm just kidding <laughs> um but I've I've noticed that I've gotten to the point that I don't even have tolerance for like the people who are just making the same mistakes that I'm pretty much just like look I love you and I know you're gonna fucking call him again and I know you're gonna go back to him and I'm tired of sitting here and telling you what to do but here's what I did to be in a healthy relationship I stopped making excuses for dudes that's pretty much it I literally I was just like nope (laughs) it's true we kept we kept making excuses for them and then and then when we met you well you have perry i have Bo. it's like we met them and they just are so there i don't need to make an excuse yeah so it's like man that was the that was it all dude that's so funny because i have these moments where i'm just like i'm like shit like this dude really out here he's fucking different like he's so different but it was literally like i had to stop And you know, again, I'm a big proponent of like the universe knows everything. (laughs) Excuse me. And I was like just holding on to this one specific person that was just, it was uh first of all, we weren't even dating. Okay. (laughs) We were just hooking up. I'm just gonna be honest. Uh, but I love this dude so much. And I don't know why. I feel like I hung on or I clung on to like a lot of the small things that made our dynamic work so well that I hadn't gotten before. I come from a line of like one growing up with my mom being in shitty ass relationships. So that's going to form exactly how you feel about things and having my own line of shitty ass relationships. And then finally waking up one day and being like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, (laughs) bitch, you deserve the world. Okay. And this dude does, I was thinking about this today, actually, I was driving down the road, passing the movie theater. And I was like, he didn't want to take me to like a movie that wasn't like a popular movie because I'm I'm like is it because he didn't want us to be seen together and that's so ugly like you know I and like for a while I had a friend who was pretty much like well it's because like culturally you guys were just so different and like in his culture you know it's more uh they predominantly marry within their same culture so I won't again I won't name (laughs) I won't name (laughs) but you know what I mean so it's like was that part of it was it just I don't know but at a certain point I had to just be like why am I going to sit around and wait for some dude who doesn't want who like doesn't want to be with me clearly like he likes the idea of us like hooking up and I did too for a long time I was like it's fine we're just we're just hugging up it's not a big deal like whatever no it was a big deal (laughs) I I I was in love with this dude and it was very obvious to everybody except me apparently so (laughs) As soon as I literally just was like, I'm not, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. And I stopped making excuses for, for dudes. I went on plenty of dates after, um, but then I found this dude 
that I didn't want to go on a date with because he was so different. That he, right? I was like, ew, like he's white. And like, I hate to say it, but that's literally, I was like, white people are so scary sometimes. And like, I've dated white guys and I'm afraid and no. And then like, we met up and it was just so like, oh my God, like, this is my person. Like, he's so funny and he's so weird. And like, we like the same shit. And then I don't know, now we live together. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, I had this moment yesterday. Didn't even, he doesn't even know he might be listening. <laughs> Hi, Bo. Like, sitting on the floor eating lunch, I think, or dinner. And we were just watching TV and, like, being goofy, like, together. And I was like, oh, my God, this is what I always wanted. And I'm living it right now, you know? Yeah. It, it literally hit me. Like, I'm so happy, you know? Okay. Ew. <laughs> I'm all, let it be known, everybody, that when I saw Araceli with her dude, with her Bo... <laughs> so cute I was like this is so different like I could just tell right away I saw you guys together because you guys started dating before um P and I started dating and oh my god I'm sorry there's a bug here I'm sorry I was just like I get grossed out with bugs that's why I built a bug right now like I I grabbed the paper and I was just hopefully she didn't notice I didn't I'm sorry but I saw you guys and I was just like the difference in your dynamic was just so like you had this like glow about you that was just so like I'm like this bitch is so in love and she's so happy like you can really see you know we've again we've known each other for five years and in five years a lot happens okay oh yes so my mom girl we should just like chips podcast oh that's that's another I feel like that's a whole other podcast for another day because we girl I can go on and on about one episode could just be you one episode could just and we were there for most of it yes dude oh my god there's another bug in here okay I'm sorry (laughs) lights and I have windows open but stop making excuses for dudes okay (laughs) take responsibility but but don't take too much responsibility that's one thing I think that I'm learning too is like you can't just because somebody acts a certain way towards you like that's not your fault you know it's not unless you explicitly were like fuck you I fucking hate you and they turn around they're like I fucking hate you you're a bitch like obviously <laughs> something you did there <laughs> but you know I don't know again that's a whole other we got to go into that different one but, but um yeah wow we really like did the, <laughs> we did the <laughs> <laughs> I know and it all comes back around um well cool this is fun I feel like this is a good place to kind of drop off a little bit I don't even know how long we've been I don't know. It won't tell me. Um, but this is fun. So I think, um, I don't know. We'll see what kind of format we do. This is kind of just a, it's like talking. It's like rambling. Yeah. Like educating. Um, we, we, we had our topic about the Black Lives Matter and the whole situation with the police and all that. And I think it's interesting because that whole conversation led to these other conversations because everything's kind of connected like in a way. everything um we connected it to education we connected it to how we perceived ourselves because we weren't seeing ourselves in in the media and so just like think about it this one movement has a connection to so many parts of our lives yeah and it can change the life for everyone it can change our life the life of every single human and it's all centered around 
giving black people the love and respect that they deserve and the safety that they should feel. Um, I saw this TikTok, again, TikTok. I love it. Where it was talking about, I think, how Koreans say Black Lives Matter. Yes. How yes. Black, they say, like, Black lives are precious because, like, yes. they're worthy of being protected. And I thought that was so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's so very- I think that's how, if you're having trouble thinking, like, Black lives matter and you're, like, don't understand it just think about what Sarah just said like black lives are precious and they should be protected because right right now they're not being perceived as precious and they are definitely not being protected so we need to stand up for them if you're not black you need to be an ally and you need to speak out for them and you need to try your hardest to sign petitions to donate your money if you are able to and you're healthy and you, you, you're going to quarantine after um, protest if, and keep a mask on, please. Um, yes. And just be outspoken. I'm outspoken on all topics on Facebook. I don't care. At work, too. <laughs> she is. And it's just like I maybe that's my privilege, too, that I'm able to do that mm-hmm. because I, I'm not afraid that something's going to happen to me because um, I that's just who I am and they know that that's that I'm outspoken on that part and that I'm not gonna cross the line where I make people feel um bad for their beliefs but I am gonna let them know mine yeah and that's what I gotta say on that that's (laughs) that's me so I just wanted to point that out that the whole Black Lives Matter conversation led into the rest of our conversations because it directly affects everything yes it is everybody's responsibility, and I will say it loud and proud, everyone's responsible for making the people on this planet feel safe and loved and appreciated. And I understand that a, a lot of people don't have the upbringing that we had, but you also don't know the kinds of upbringings we had. Um, you also don't know everybody's story, and not everybody's story is so, uh, for lack of a better word, black and white. Um, the only thing that is not arguable is racism, but unfortunately, I do understand it. I don't, I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm not saying it's right, but I understand why these people come to the conclusions that they come to, you know? And it's so, I feel like what I'm seeing right now is such a huge disconnect of us versus them. And yes, like there should, at this point, I think people are just tired, but you also need to understand when you're having the one-on-one moments with somebody who is actually trying to you know, or at least will let you educate them to a certain extent, while you may perceive a certain extent of racism, they're, the way that they think is just a product of their upbringing as well. So a little bit more compassion to how people think and how people learn. Um, But again, no excuses for shit like that. Like, it's just, it's, it's not right. And standing your ground and saying like, you know, like fuck this like I'm not gonna fucking put up with it don't you know but when you do have these more intimate moments it's kind of a, a better way for you to stop and say like you know is this person gonna let me educate them yes cool if not just drop your two cents and if you find yourself in an argument just go leave I think it's better to leave because yeah. I've seen it just goes in circles goes in circles. you're not making your point they're not making their point Mm-mm. it's not helping anyone it's just creating more anger and frustration yeah. and you don't like just leave it let let the conversation breathe yeah 
feel that you want to discuss it with the person again on a later date, go for it. But sure. come at it with a like respectful yeah. l- listening attitude. Because if you're like, listen here, like yeah. Yeah. One one thing that you're again, person's mind that you're not gonna probably change is like the Karen's of the world that are very so like their beliefs are so indoctrinated in their their own belief system it's just don't you know it's not your responsibility to educate uh, well granted my minority people it is not your responsibility to educate the white demographic however comma uh white people it is your responsibility to educate your own demographic and y'all need to start stepping up and that's what I'm going to say on that I'm all, I didn't drop the mic <laughs> but legit like it's I think minorities were fucking tired of it. Like I'm tired again with this one white conversation that I had, I was like, you don't get it. Dude. We've been talking for like 20 minutes and you still don't understand why this is, why this is wrong. Um, but with her, it was a very specific moment where she was like, and I pretty much had to be like, look, it's your responsibility to sit back and shut the fuck up. Like, you know, no disrespect, but so just, I don't know. I think we're all hurting right now and we all need to, uplift our black brothers and sisters and you know and our non-binary brothers and sisters um I don't know if that's correct I don't think but you know what I mean I'm not <laughs> I'm all like I'm trying to be our, as PC as possible non-binary siblings yes <laughs> siblings thank you um see I'm learning too girl I didn't come from an age where I had where non, non-binary was a thing but I respect that somebody doesn't want to be called she or he fine that's your prerogative again that's another that's another conversation I was, I know, about- I was like another conversation for another day but with that. <laughs> so we'll we'll leave you guys here um you know just uh we're gonna try to do this like a weekly thing hopefully and um any other topics if you guys have um any suggestions feel free to dm myself or Otiselli. i think i'll put your info i don't know how i'm gonna do this i don't know what platform you'll find a way comment i don't know like subscribe uh anyway this is the no name podcast for now (laughs) maybe we should just go with no name no name i'm gonna look it up (laughs) the no name podcast i don't know